Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome back to the show. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, and as always, I'm your host, Richard Holdridge. We've got a special treat for you. On the show, making his debut to the Sports Beat is a longtime friend of mine from Freed Hardman University. Just a good guy. He's been doing multiple works. Gabe Reynolds has joined the show. Gabe, it is an honor for you making your debut appearance on the Sports Beat. Man, I appreciate you having me on. This is this is actually my first time ever doing a podcast, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to be a part of it. Thank you for being on the show, and we have got a lot of catching up to do. Gabe, before we start, you've had a very interesting background. We knew each other from Freed Hardman. You were an assistant basketball coach. You were a color commentator on 91.5. You even came up into the booth during a baseball game after the basketball season was over and we got you on the air. So you and I had a brief counter interaction on the radio. And plus I I've known you and you know, it's, it's been great and it's great catching up with you after all these years. Yeah, man. We, you know, being a freed and um, being a, being a assistant men's coach and was working with you uh, during the women's games at freed Hardman as color commentator, uh, you know, it kind of, we we kind of had a, a a good a good back and forth rapport on the air, uh, you know, providing insight and uh, just being able to talk about what Coach Neal and the Lady Lions were doing at the time and how they were building and putting the uh, the foundation together to uh, eventually down the line after we left win the national championship. Uh, also gave some insight on working with Coach McCutcheon and the uh, men's basketball team and just different things that were going on. And then once I once I left Reed. Um, Everything just kind of just became a blur. Um, joined the military, uh, deployed seven times, uh, came back, finished my degree at Lane College, became a head basketball coach at the high level in North Carolina, uh, eventually moved back here to Tennessee, worked for the state, uh, now back in the National Guard, still coaching basketball. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of just been a, a whirlwind of things since we first started. But I've never left sporting realm. It's been a good thing, and I've always been following from what you do. So I knew that the trajectory for you was going to take off, and I'm just I'm just excited and happy and proud of you to see where where you started to where you are now. I appreciate that, Gabe, and thank you for your service. I too am in the military. I'm going on 20 years in the National Guard. I also was in the Tennessee Army National Guard when I was at Freed Harmon back in 2006, and I jumped around. I've been all guard. But I really appreciate it. we do have that connection in the military. And I noticed that you have a passion for sports, just like myself. 
We've had a lot of colleagues over the years, including Rob Frazier, who was on the show yesterday. That show, he did a great job, and that was his third time back, and hope to, hopefully we can have you back, Gabe, of starting to build a rapport of guests that want to come back on the show because they love talking about sports. I've had Brad Page. I don't know if, Gabe, you, you remember that Brad Page and I used to do a uh, talk show on TV40 at Freed Hardman. I do. I do remember that. The good times. And I also was on uh, Ben Hayes and Travis Creasy's podcast. So I kind of, the funny situation about my podcast, I've been doing it for two years now. It kind of reminds me of every Adam Sandler movie (laughs) that I bring my buddies from Freed Harmon on. I've married out of my league, by the way, if you want to throw that in. But it it seems like it works, though. But I did have I did have a distinguished guest. I had Scott Miller, who is the play by play announcer for Columbus State University here in Columbus, Georgia. He is a Hall of Fame broadcaster. He actually was willing to be on my podcast. And I also have some other guests lined up the head men's basketball coach at columbus state gabe you said you are from originally from memphis right i am have you ever heard of the national indoor soccer team the memphis americans i have not being that you know being out of memphis for a while and i've been back in tennessee since 2016 i don't get to follow a lot of the uh, sports in the memphis area i am you know i kind of keep up with a lot of things that's going on here in nashville and then I try to keep up with a lot of stuff that a lot of the teams that um, I was familiar with back at my time in North Carolina. Uh, I have not heard of that one, but that would be what do they what do they play at? Are they playing at um, uh, down in uh, South Haven or are they? Yes, they play at the Lander Center in South Haven, Mississippi. And tonight will be the second matchup between the Memphis Americans and the Columbus Rapids, which I am the play by play announcer for the Columbus Rapids. Memphis is 2-0 on the season after defeating Rome last week, and they also defeated Columbus in their home opener the day after Christmas. So, Gabe, tell me, what have you been doing lately with your so, career? So, lately, I've been working as a as a recruiter for the Army National Guard. Uh, that's my full-time position. And part-time, I am the assistant girls basketball coach at Sewers Creek High School. But she was at Chester County. She was a two-time Miss Basketball winner. Yeah, I vaguely remember Bianca. Yeah, the Lady Lions, uh, they had a very distinguished uh, group, I mean, really dominance for a 20-year period. And it started back in 1999 with players like Kiana Elam and Kara Sanders. And I was a little skeptical of them a couple of years before that. But that that's me being a passionate fan. But uh, the, those – girls they played very hard and they've had a lot of success and i really appreciate what coach josh epperson is doing taking over the realms over coach neil it's hard to follow a legend you know that's the that's the one thing about it you know you 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 have big shoes that you have to fill following someone that was consistently uh in the top five making the final four uh they brought freed hardman their loan national championship in 2018 uh so they finally got over that uh, but, you know, when, when, when Coach Neal uh, retired and, you know, you, you're looking at the next uh, the next coach, Coach Epperson, had, he, he, he came in, he had a, a lot of shoes to fill. That first year, you know, during COVID, it was, it was tough. It was a tough going. He didn't have the players uh, that he needed at the time. And he went out, he finally got his players this year. He signed uh, uh, Kylie Odom, uh, one of the top dominant posters in the Middle Tennessee area. Uh, played at Blackman High School, won a state championship last year. She's anchoring uh, 
the, the middle down there. I uh, got a couple of other pieces from around the mid-state area here in, in the, uh, the Nashville area that are that are coming in as freshmen and sophomores. They're competing right away, and they've immediately put Freed Hardeman back in the top. Absolutely. And, you know, Gabe, I've always been a fan of Freed Hardeman Athletics because I was the play-by-play announcer there, along with Rob Frazier, and we did a pretty good job there. I, I love Freed Hardeman Athletics, and I know that um, hopefully there's a market for somebody to do a podcast that's dedicated to FHU sports. Hint, hint, I'm kind of just nudging anybody in the sports information department that would be interested in, although I'm here in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, I actually went and saw the men's team led by head coach Drew Stutz. They were taken on Point University, which is 20 minutes from my work. I work in LaGrange, Georgia. Point University is an NAIA school out of West Point, Georgia. And once I saw the Point University schedule and their first opponent was Freed Harbin, there was no question. I was at that game. Oh, oh, most definitely. I mean, you want to go support your alma mater. You always want to check out and see what they're doing. Support them and see if they've got to maintain the success. You know, Freed Harbin, the past few years, they've had a lot of turnover. So, Gabe, switching gears, I know you're an Alabama fan. You are very passionate about the Alabama Crimson Tide. They got a big game on Monday against the Georgia Bulldogs. The Georgia Bulldogs trying to get over the hump, trying to exercise demons. And I know that you are a passionate Alabama fan. What are you looking forward to most about this game against Georgia? And do you have a bold prediction for us? This is the game that scares me. And as a coach, um, I don't like rematches so soon. If there was some, you know, other games in between, that's one thing. But it's really been like, both teams have played one other opponent since the last time they played each other. So everything is still fresh. Georgia has a dominant defense. They have a dominant offense. They their offensive line is 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 amazing. I mean, the fact that the way that they ran the ball through the entire SEC East this year, they didn't have to really throw the ball much. So. In the SEC championship game, you know, Alabama kind of just came in, and their defense is not world the world defense it's been in the past. What they did was they basically made Georgia one-dimensional, and they put the ball in the hands of Stetson Bennett to make him have to beat them. They didn't let the running backs get going. But then when you look at Georgia in the, in the game against Michigan, it was the Georgia that we had seen all year, the dominant Georgia where they ran the ball left and right. Stetson didn't have to do, do much. He was just a game manager. What scares me is you look at the Auburn game that Alabama played. You know, the defense kept them in the game. I'm not a huge Bill O'Brien fan. I actually would love, would love to see him leave and go on to other places and get us an OC that's going to be able to open up the offense more. But if I have to, as much of an Alabama fan as I am, and I've been an Alabama fan since 92, if I had to make a bold prediction right now, I would say Georgia 35, Alabama 30. Wow. You heard it from Gabe Reynolds. He is picking Georgia in this game. I'll be honest with you, Gabe. I've seen too many times Georgia blow leads to Alabama. I'm reminded of the national championship in 2018, up 20 to 7. The SEC championship game in 2018, up 28 14. The game last year in Tuscaloosa, 
up 24-17. And then two weeks ago in the SEC championship game last year, about three weeks ago, they were up 10 to nothing. And Alabama did come back. The turning point in that game, Alabama had a third and two. And there was blown coverage. Bryce Young throws the ball on a slant to Jameson Williams. And boom, his speed overruns the Georgia secondary to the house. Alabama is now down 10-7. That was the turning point in that game. If Georgia plays their game, and if they can move the ball in Alabama's defense and no turnovers, and they match Alabama score for score, I think Georgia has a realistic shot at winning this game. But the skeptical Georgia fan that's seen it too many times is going to be on pins and needles knowing that Georgia cannot close the deal against Alabama. But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully we're partying in the state of Georgia on Tuesday morning like it's 1980. And you know this this whole state is going to shut down if Georgia wins the national championship, right, Gary? Oh, de- oh definitely, definitely. But here, here, here's, the, here's the thing, Rich. So two, what was it, three weeks ago, you had Alabama. At, Alabama was at full strength. Three weeks later, Mitchie got hurt in that game. When they played Cincinnati, offense didn't look as dominant. And you on instead of now you only having to cover two receivers, Williams, Williams and uh Mitchie. So that that helps Georgia out a whole lot. Here's the other thing. Since Kirby Smart has been there, Georgia has been ahead. The problem with Georgia is they don't know how to close. Nick Saban team, they've been down, but they always find a way to come back. Go back to Texas AM earlier this year. AM had them down. The defense dug in, did their part, and then the offense came alive. The problem was in the national championship game of 2018, you're up that much. They prepared strictly for Jalen Hurts. When Saban made that bold decision at halftime to put Tua in the game, that opened up the offense. Georgia wasn't prepared for that. They had to make a halftime adjustment. It was too much at that time. Bennett is not the quarterback that, that Georgia has had. They don't allow him to do a whole lot. He's just strictly a game manager. But it's it's a tale of two. Which defense is going to step up? Is Georgia's defense going to be able to stop Alabama's offense, or is Alabama's defense going to be able to stop Georgia's running game? I think Georgia's running game is going to have a field day this time because you only have to stop one person. And if you make Bryce Young a runner instead of a thrower, you got you you got Alabama beat. A very interesting take, Gabe. I really appreciate your insights on the national championship. I want to switch gears, though, and talk about the NFL as we get ready for week 18 of the National Football League. First of all, Gabe, I really love the fact that the NFL has this extra week as all these games matter. We still have positions in the AFC and NFC up for grabs. Being from Nashville, I know you hear a lot about the Tennessee Titans. Oh, yeah. They're trying to get that number one seed. And if they beat the Houston Texans, they're going to be the number one seed. And the Super Bowl, the road to the Super Bowl will go through Nashville. But what is the biggest threat for the Tennessee Titans that's going to be in their way, even though they'll have the home field advantage, if they want to try to make it to the Super Bowl, even with Derrick Henry coming back from IR, Which team in the AFC scares you the most that could be the biggest threat to Tennessee? You you can never rule out you can never rule out Kansas City. They're still that team. They still have so many weapons. You got you got uh Travis Kelsey, you got Tyreek Hill, you still got that man, uh Patrick Mahomes, you got uh Clyde Hilaire. Kansas City is still a threat. 
Buffalo. Buffalo is still a threat. And, of course, you know, New England, uh, you know, you, you still got Belichick over there. And he's got, you know, Mac Jones. And Mac Jones is getting them going. So it's not a it's not an easy cakewalk for uh, the Titans. But I will say this. A lot of people wrote the Titans off this year once uh, Henry went down. You know, they said that the Titans were they, – they had some setback. You know, losing to the Jets and losing to the Texans uh, earlier in the season. But they beat the 49ers. They beat um, – they beat a lot of teams that are lot, that people didn't give them opportunities to win. So for Mike Vrabel and his staff, you know, kudos. You know, if, if anybody's looking for a coach of the year this year, Mike Vrabel should be the coach of the year. I mean, you lose King Henry, and basically you, you alter everything that you do. You lose Henry, you lose A.J. Brown for several weeks, you lost Julio Jones for several weeks, and you're still in position to be the number one seed in the AFC. Tell me a better coach than him. Oh, he's definitely coach of the year, especially after losing Henry. And then Julio yeah. goes on the IR and then AJ Brown gets injured and Ryan Tannehill just rides the ship. AJ Brown came back in that 49ers game and torched the 49ers secondary. And the 49ers exactly. were coming in that game as one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Exactly. So, I mean, if the if we get the home field advantage and everybody has to come through, come through uh, Nashville, to play, and we get that, and we get the bye week to give Henry an extra, uh, some more practice time, more practice reps. Me personally, I think Henry should get some type of run this weekend. Because one thing with sitting out is sitting out and healing up. That's one thing, but you haven't been hit in a long time. I say go in there, get you know, get some game, get get, get a couple of hits, remember what, and then you still have an extra week to prepare for whoever you're gonna play. All right, so Gabe, do you have a pick coming out of the NFC? Does Aaron Rodgers finally get over the hump and make it back to the Super Bowl? I honestly don't think so. I think Green Bay, they're, they do a lot of good stuff in the regular season, but they tend to choke it away in the postseason. They, they've done it time and time again. You know, it, it's funny that Aaron Rodgers has only been to one Super Bowl in his entire career but he's been the MVP several times. He's been in position several times. I think when you get to the playoffs, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm not saying that the Cowboys are going to get there, but, you know, I I, I actually like um, the Rams. I actually, I actually like the Rams and, you know, what they're doing down there. They're coming along at the, at the right time. You know, you got OBJ, you got Cooper Cup, and then you got Matt Stafford, former Georgia quarterback. You know, I, I think this may be their year, and you know, to another team to play in their home stadium in the Super Bowl. You know, and you still can't rule out Tom Brady, even though they lost Antonio Brown and all their other receivers. They should get Mike Evans back. They still got Gronk. You never know. I don't think it's a sure shot for Green Bay to to get over that hump and get to the Super Bowl this year. That is a great pick. So you're making an early pick for your Super Bowl: Rams versus Titans. The rematch of the 2000 Super Bowl. You remember that in Atlanta? We were uh-huh. students at Freed Hardman. That was such a great atmosphere for the Tennessee Titans to make it to the Super Bowl. Even though, let's be fair, Tennessee was still a college state during the time. Everybody yeah. was still high on the Tennessee Vols after winning the national championship. And talking to a lot of people when I was at Freed Hardman, there's, let's be honest with you, the majority of the people living in Tennessee care more about the Tennessee Volunteers than the Tennessee Titans. Is that true, game? That's uh, You live in Nashville. I, I just I, figured. I, 
I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this. The the Vols are going to always be (laughs) the team, but the Titans are starting to gain a lot of fans, Uh, especially, you know, in the last four years that they've been consistently winning. A lot of times it's been up and down. Uh, And the Vols, you know, getting Josh Heupel, that's putting them them back on the map. So – it, it, it's it's a it's a close one two right now. You know it's 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 the it's the balls, the Titans, and then everybody else. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't forget the Preds. The Preds are right there with the Titans. Yes, the Nashville Predators making it to the Stanley Cup final in 2017. However, they fell to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I was such a big fan of the Nashville Predators making it to the Stanley Cup, where they throw the catfish out on the ice. Yes. Have you ever been to a Predators game, Gabe, where you've seen that? Yes, I've been to several Predators games, and the way that they sneak that catfish in is hilarious. They have talked about it. Like, they will they will strap the catfish, uh, duct tape it to their leg inside their pants, and then walk, and put a coat on and walk in. Right before puck drop, they bring the catfish out and then run out and just throw it on the ice. And sometimes it's it's – Three or four catfish that they throw on the ice. It's it's hilarious. It's very hilarious. Well, Gabe, you've seen that like you're a passionate Tennessee sports fan, uh, and you've lived in different regions of the country, North Carolina, Tennessee, and it's good that you still have that passion for sports. I have a sentimental place for Tennessee because I lived there when I was a student at Freed Harmon. So I am a fan of the Tennessee sports to include the Memphis Grizzlies. I know you're originally from Memphis. Are you a Grizzlies fan too, Gabe? I am a Grizzlies fan, um, but I'm a bigger I'm a bit I'm a Grizzlies fan, but I'm a Tigers fan first. I'm a Memphis Tigers fan first, Grizzlies fan second. I do rep and support the home team at, at every every chance I get. And I tell you, I briefly lived in Memphis for about four months, and I remember the Memphis Tigers were a lot more popular than the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are looking really good this year with John Morant. They do need a little bit of help. I don't know if they're going to make the playoff run they did in 2013 when they went to the Western Conference Final, but how excited are you that John Morant is now a superstar in this league? Probably going to be an all-star. Memphis now finally has that superstar, even though they had some core good players in the early 2010s with Marcus Gasol, Zach Randolph, and Mike Conley Jr., but they've gotten a superstar there in Memphis in John Morant. Jai, Jai's really good. Jai's very humble. Uh, one thing about you know, Jai, he reminds you of uh, of Tony Allen. Um, he he he's very he he embodies the city, but he's a scorer and he's flashy, and that's that's one thing that Memphis fans have always wanted with their uh, with the Grizzlies. Team. We never had a flashy player. Now you got that flashy player, and now it's just hopefully because it's it's a small market team. Can they keep Ja? Can they keep him from going to a Chicago or, or an Orlando or a LA or, or somewhere like that? And then can they get the pieces in free agency? You you got a young team, you got a good core that's starting to come together. It's just keeping those guys together and continue to let them grow. Tyler is a uh, is a really good coach and he's getting the best out of out of those players. And you know the Grizzlies did go on a, a, a think I think it was a, a eight game winning streak when. Ja was out, injured, and, you know, they continued to maintain it. You know, they made the playoffs last year, upsetting Golden State in the play-in game. So, 
you know, the pieces are there. Uh, I'm like you. I don't think they're going to make another deep run, but, you know, once you get in the playoffs, you never know. You never know what can happen. Well, they currently would hold the number four seed if the season ended today. And I look at this season, and I know that everybody is picking LeBron to somehow come out of the West. He's going to figure it out. There's going to be a big trade at the trade deadline. I think head coach Frank Vogel probably will get fired. That's what LeBron does. He's the coach. He's the GM. He's the owner. Whatever he says goes. I don't think it's working out with this, what you would call an antique show in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I think Russell Westbrook has been a disaster. Yes, he puts up good regular season numbers. Yay, he got another triple-double, but the Lakers lost. And the Lakers are beating up on really bad teams. They're hovering right at 500. In fact, the Atlanta Hawks play the Lakers tonight at Crypto Arena, which that sounds weird. I thought it would just be <laughs> Staples Center. But yeah, do you that's, think that's a, that's a weird name? Do you think that the Lakers will figure it out and make a deep run in the playoffs if Anthony Davis is healthy? If he's healthy, yes. But here's the thing: you have no bench. LeBron can only do so much. AD is like he's like plexiglass. He may he may break. Um, and then you got Westbrook that is a point guard that can score. But outside of that, once you go to the bench, once you get Melo is, is, is up and down. So you don't really know. Um, you don't know. I still like, I still like Phoenix to come out of the West again this year. You can't count out Golden State because they're getting ready to get Clay Thompson back. They're playing good basketball right now. So it, it, it will still be hard for LeBron and the Lakers to even make it to the Western Conference Finals because they would have to play either Golden State or or Phoenix in the uh, semifinals. And, you know, the way LeBron is, he's very calculating in what he does. He'll try to tank to get a lower seed to avoid playing certain teams. Uh, you know, Utah is still is still right there in the mix. So it, it's, it's not as, it's not as a, a guarantee for LeBron to get there. I do agree that Frank Vogel will get fired, but you know, Fisdale is currently the interim coach, and he's not doing much better. So, if you fire Vogel, who do you get in there to get a, to have a different voice of the team? Who do you who do you trade at the at the deadline to get a, a younger piece to come back to be able to help you be a contender in the uh, West? You're locked with a lot of the contracts that you have. It's not as a formality. I, I think the Lakers' time has passed. I think LeBron's time has passed him by. And it's a changing of the guard in the West. It, it's definitely a changing of the guard. Now, I do like, uh, I think in the East, it's going to come down again between Brooklyn and, and uh, Milwaukee. I, I think it's going to be those two in the, um, in, in the Eastern Conference Finals with Brooklyn coming out. And I'm a, I, I'll go on record now. I think it's going to be Brooklyn versus, I'm going to say, Phoenix in the Finals. That's a very good pick for the finals. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say it's going to be Phoenix and Chicago, a rematch of the 1993 NBA Finals. And I know fans would be like, what? The Chicago Bulls are not going to make the NBA Finals without Michael Jordan. It's that whole legacy with Chicago. But what DeMar DeRozan has been doing for Chicago, I think that can elevate in the playoffs. And I think that they got good pieces around Patrick Williams hasn't really flourished yet. He was the number number overall four pick a couple of drafts ago. You have Lonzo Ball. I, I like to see how Lonzo Ball is in the playoffs. If they get all their players healthy, I think that head coach Billy Donovan has done a good job. He was a very underrated head coach in the NBA when he coached the Thunder. And I think 
that Chicago is just young enough. They might slip past a Brooklyn or a Milwaukee, but they got to take advantage of breaks. There has to be, let's say they beat Brooklyn every time they play them at home because Kyrie Irving's not going to play. Or if they beat Milwaukee because Drew Holiday is injured. They got to get some breaks. I see Chicago maybe representing the East in the NBA Finals, but this has got to be Phoenix's year. Chris Paul is dedicated to getting a ring with Phoenix. I think the Suns should have won the finals last year. They were up 2-0 on Milwaukee. And DeAndre Ayton is another year older. Devin Booker is a lethal shooter. Phoenix has got weapons, and they got a deep bench. I say the Phoenix Suns win the NBA finals, and they beat the Chicago Bulls doing it. Is that a little too bold, or is that is that right on point? I, 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 think, that, I think that's a, you know, that's a, that's a real good take. I think I mean we both we both like Phoenix coming out of the uh, out of the West. I haven't really seen much of Chicago, but I mean they do they do have the pieces. You know, Lonzo's playing good. The the Rosen's playing good. Um, like you said, Billy Donovan is a very underrated coach. Um, he he got the the most out of uh, Oklahoma City when he was there, and he did that with a lot of drama, with with you know with a lot of things and and the stability with ownership and everything. So I I think that's a, I think that's a really good take. I think that's a really good take. It, the East can go either way. The East is really up for grabs. Chicago is right now the number one team out of the East. They are a game and a half above Brooklyn. Chicago has a 25 and 10 record. Brooklyn has a 24 and 12 record. They're coming along at the right time. Chicago is one of the hottest teams in the NBA. They have eight straight victories. Hey, Gabe, I have a bold prediction for you. I think the Sacramento Kings finally break the longest NBA postseason drought. They have not made the playoffs since 2006, back when the Maloof brothers owned the team. The greatest show on court with Peja Stojakovic and Mike Bibby. Those were the glory days of the Sacramento Kings. But I think they finally reached the playoffs. But if they get into the play-in game, I'm wondering if that counts. Will the postseason drought be snapped if they're at least the 10 seed and they get into the playoff game? What do you think? If Sacramento... It, dep- it depends on who Sacramento will play. I think it, if it comes down to the playing game between Sacramento and San Antonio, then, yeah, Sacramento gets in there. If it's Sacramento and Utah, I think Utah I think Utah pulls the upset. I think now, Utah would do it. I've liked how Sacramento has drafted point guards, and that's pretty much all they can do is draft point guards. Yeah. With da- Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton, and De'Aaron Fox, but they whiffed on Marvin Bagley. I thought that Marvin Bagley III was going to be a superstar in Sacramento. They've whiffed on Thomas Robinson, Jimmer Fredette, Nick Stauskas, Ben McLemore. The list goes on and on. Sacramento has had over 16 years of lottery picks, and they can't figure it out. It's so frustrating because I was a Kings fan when I lived in Sacramento from 1997 to 2005 just just perfect timing when i was living in sacramento that that was when they were great the greatest show on court and now they have been just a laughing stock of a franchise and i'm allowed to be a bandwagon fan in the nba game i went back to the golden state warriors i lived i lived in the san francisco bay area too so i can go be a warriors fan too and also i mean i'm not necessarily a a lifelong hawks fan but living in georgia 
I like seeing the Hawks. I like their run last year going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I like their core players they had for about a decade with Joe Johnson and Al Horford and Josh Smith. But, you know, there's really no expectations for Hawks fans for them to win an NBA title. And Trey Young has got to get at least a big three with him for the, like, the only way Atlanta could win an NBA title is if LeBron decides to say, I want to go to Atlanta and then I'm going to bring the pieces that I want and we'll win an NBA title. Like, LeBron would have to want to play alongside Trey Young. I mean, there'd have to be like a Kevin Durant wanting to play alongside Trey Young in order for the Hawks to win an NBA title. Now, don't don't remember the trade deadline is coming up. You know, a lot of a lot of you know that was LeBron's deal in uh that was his deal in uh in Cleveland. He couldn't get people to come play for him. Don't be surprised if at the trade deadline, and I mean, I, I mean, it would take a, a lot for it to happen, but don't be surprised if Trey Young decides to go to L.A. Interesting. That's a very interesting take, Gabe, because I thought that Trey Young would be a lifelong Hawk. I liked their pieces, although DeAndre Hunter is injured. He's injury prone, but he's a good two-way player. I think he could be an all-star. Cam Reddish, at nights, he's inconsistent. He's up. He's down. He's been a trade bait piece that the Hawks have talked about getting rid of. I thought this core that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year were going to meet those expectations, and they would be good but they have regressed. Bogdan Boganovich is not the same player he was last year. Danilo Gallinari, he's regressed. They had Onyeka Okongru out with injury, and their two draft picks haven't done anything. Sharif Cooper, the point guard from Auburn, and Jalen Johnson, they haven't done anything. I think the Atlanta Hawks have been the most disappointing team in the NBA. Would you agree? I definitely agree. Um, They're young. They peaked. I think they peaked. Uh, peaked a little too soon last year. No one, no one seen seen that coming. You were playing for the interim coach. You you kind of knew who you wanted to to be your coach, and you know that that run right there just basically gave him his job. Now you're back to you know, and Nate Nate's a, Nate's a good coach, but can Nate get the best out of this team? They let a lot of pieces go. Last year, off that team that went to the uh, Eastern Conference Final, you got uh, Trey Young, but Trey Young is having to do everything right now. So, when does the frustration happen? If you look at, hey, I'm just playing, getting my money here, or go and try to win a championship. Um, so, it's going to be some people that move. It's going to be a lot of people that move. I tell you what, though, I know Memphis fans excited now uh, because if they could go back three years and redo that draft, I bet you uh, Zion Williamson wouldn't be the number one draft pick. Oh, no, it definitely would have been John Moran. Zion Williamson just can't stay on the court. So, yeah, and a lot of people in Memphis were mad because they were like, man, we didn't get uh, Zion Williamson. Uh, yeah, they're being very quiet now. Hey, Gabe, I really appreciate you getting on the podcast. And I got to say, for your first time on a podcast, you really brought it today and i thank you so much for being a guest on the show oh no problem man i, I appreciate you, you having me and like i said man we 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 got a lot of catching up to do on a, on a lot of things uh you know just like i said this being my first time on uh this uh on a podcast ever this is this has been awesome it's been a great experience just to sit just to talk talk sports and everything and, and to catch up you know with with you know our freed hardeman connection uh if you have if you have me back on again uh hopefully uh in the future, hopefully, uh, I can, 
I can tell you a little bit more about what what the team is doing. The high school team is doing. Uh, we're getting ready. To, we'll be going to Memphis uh, next weekend to play in the I the Stephen Jackson's I Have a Dream uh, Classic. Uh, where we're going to be playing uh, a couple of one team out of uh, out of Georgia and a couple of teams out of Memphis. Uh, but we're currently uh, eleven and five right now, coming off, and we're coming off a. Uh, a win in Panama City Beach, the Panama City Beach Marlin Championship. So we're we're moving along and getting ready to start district play next week. So we're just just hoping that we can get this, keep this going, and try to compete for a state championship. And Gabe, I'm definitely going to be honest with you here. I think that there is a market to create a brand new podcast dedicated to Freed Hardman Sports. I think that between you and I and other people that are passionate about FHU athletics. I think we could create a podcast and maybe even get Coach Epperson on as a guest or Coach Stutz on. What do you think? Do you think that there is a market in Henderson, Tennessee to create a Freed Hardman podcast? I think there, I think it's definitely a market there. I'm not sure if the radio station is doing the same thing that they were doing when we were there. Uh, But as far as like, you know, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot that can be done. Uh, and that market is 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 really big. Will be really big there to just talk free basketball on the men and women's side. And you also have to factor in the massive alumni fan base all over the world. That was. I'll be honest with you. I was listening to the Lady Lions in the Final Four when I was in Iraq, and I let the station manager Ron Means know to say maybe you can. Uh, kind of give me a shout out on the radio that you got a listener that's overseas on the other side of the globe, listening to the lady lions on 91.5. I think, I think what you, what you just described there is something that is, is desperately needed because you got a lot of middle Tennessee players playing at Freed Hardeman and to have a podcast uh, dedicated to Freed Hardeman where it travels and they can continue to follow up and know what's going on uh, with their, with their uh, child and their, uh, their friends can follow. It would be it's it's great. It's untapped. It's very untapped potential right now. We should do it. And oh, absolutely. And I do talk about Free Harmon on this podcast, especially when they beat North Alabama, an incredible win for the Lady Lions to defeat an NCAA Division One program out of the Atlantic Sun Conference. What a great effort and performance by head coach Josh Epperson and that team. Mm-hmm. The pieces are there. It's growing. And I know Coach Epperson is going to carry the torch from Coach Neal and do a great job with the Lady Lions this season. And I can't wait. And I would love for you to be back on this podcast. Thank you so much once again for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you for having me, Rich. All right, that is Gabe Reynolds. We had a lot of catching up to do. He was a, an assistant basketball coach at Freed Harmon, also a color commentator on 91.5, and currently an assistant coach for a girls' high school team and also a veteran in the military. Once again, thank you for your service. And we will sign off. Thanks once again for listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And I will talk to you next week. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. And we will do this again on Monday. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry.
produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.